out to you because I was pretty inspired by your book um and I know it's only about 20 something pages but still that's pretty damn cool so I actually wanted to uh you know just chit chat I know I hope I'm not wasting too much of your time but you know um I just want to actually hear your story um because I think that your story is pretty cool and I actually was you know after I wanted to meet you but I actually wanted to bring you on my podcast and set a date to tell your story because I feel that obviously reading this book was pretty powerful and I'm a big avid person of family and, and getting the word out of people. The, the podcast is called the power of helping people. And I think the biggest thing is, is, is trying to impact one life per day. And yeah. if I spread it out there and I get different guests and, 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 and they share their story, it's going to impact more and more people because with stories and with uh, trials and tribulations, what happens is, is, is so many people relate today of everything that's going on and, you know, depression, anxiety, and with the power of helping people, the reason why I brought this up is because when you do help people, it basically gives you a sense of health, you know, it helps you, you oh, know. Dude, when you're happy and you give something, you feel like uplifted, you feel good and your blood pressure's down and you feel good and you constantly are doing those things. And it's a trigger in your brain that switches off and says, I'm in a great mood right now. So, yeah. you know, when I read your, when I read the chapter, I, I had to hear the story exactly oh, the dude. way you do it and the way you say it from not, not from the book, but just personally. So there's been a lot that's happened even since then in my okay. life. And my my family's life that's just been insane um did i talk about my wife's business at all in that thing no you didn't you didn't so i actually was searching through facebook and i'm like you're a cfo of a uh cookie business yeah. that she's doing which is i think amazing by the way and she's being successful with it too which is really cool does she do a lot of uh like uh, social media stuff that she, you know, she plug in the, the, you know, the groups and stuff like that locally. You guys are from Naperville, right? Are you guys in? We just moved to South Dakota. Oh, wow. Oh, no. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you went from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, Illinois. How do you say Illinois? Illinois. Yeah. yeah. All the way to South Dakota. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah. a huge, tell me, tell me a little bit about why you did that. I mean, that's across the whole world. <laughs> oh man. So, um, Living in Naperville, it's a very keep up with the Joneses place. It's very, people are a little snooty, a little snotty. And uh, I'm not that way at all. Like, yeah. I just, I don't have the bone in my body of keeping up with the Joneses, right? It just, yeah. I, I, that gene just didn't, didn't, uh, never got it. <clears throat> and I, when the pandemic hit, we had been trying to get out of Naperville for a few years, Naperville for a few years. And when the pandemic hit, like, we're like, all right, we, we have to get out of here. We have to find a way. And we had tried to move a few times prior, but every time we tried to move, like we even had moving bands that were on their way to my house call me and my son was in the hospital dying at the time. 
and we're like, okay, I guess we're not going to move this time. So and then we tried again two years later and something happened with him again. And we're just like, oh, we're never going to get out of here. And once the pandemic hit, my, like, it was really crazy. Over about a three-month period, everything of his fell off. All of his medicines went away. Um, his oxygen went away. Um, and when we actually moved up here, the week we moved up here, they pulled him off BiPAP, did a sleep, sleep study and said, yep, yeah, he's doing great. We're like, okay. So, um, so what do you, what do you, what, what do you, you know, how, how do you feel that happened? I mean, what, I mean, is that the, the prayer of God? Or I mean, is that something that you guys were praying or is that something that you just changed the scene and maybe there was something going on in your house? Maybe there's something going on in his life or there, there, he's a miracle baby for sure. hundred percent. No question. Uh, he, there was a time where they called us and said, come say goodbye because he's not going to be here tomorrow type thing. And um, he has since like, dude, there, the thing that's so amazing and so cool about like our story and about him is I have had friends come to me in multiple different ways. One came to me and said, I have never in my life, I have not prayed as an adult my entire life. And they're like, I prayed for your son. I have had friends come to me and say, whenever I have hard feelings or whenever I feel like my life is hard, I look at your life and say, oh, it's not so bad. Dude, I got goosebumps right now. I mean, I literally have goosebumps. So um, like people see us now, my wife and I are like, we're, we're really successful now. Yeah. People that see us and that they, they don't know our backstory, they just think, oh, this, they live this amazing life in this like they're so blessed but like for five years six years my family was like living through hell i know it's i mean it's, it's crazy i mean when you when your son when your son was in the hospital and you're doing this because because i have a similar background three years ago my daughter um went to the hospital we had no symptoms she lost she lost her basically her way to walk she she couldn't you know, her bones were brittle she literally had to lay down she she looked like she was dying and my wife took her into the emergency room two days later they sent her home they're like there's nothing going on she got worse and worse and worse so by day five my my wife was a nurse at the time and just graduated with her nurse practitioner degree and she passed her boards and she was literally out of her boards for about two or three months and as soon as that happened my wife's like I got to figure out what's going on because the hospital didn't want to help. And so I told my wife, I said, we are going back to the hospital tonight. And so we went back to the hospital and she goes, I think my daughter has Kawasaki's. I need you to test for Kawasaki's. And I don't know if you know about Kawasaki's, but Kawasaki's is a something that attacks the heart. And they say that it, with Kawasaki's, you only have 10 days to catch it before it attacks your heart and kills you. So by day five, my wife was like, we got to do something about this. So we tested and my wife diagnosed my daughter to save her life, you know, and, and, and we were in the hospital for another four days after that. Uh, we, we were in the hospital, I think seven days total. And when we were in the hospital, they put her through this. Uh, it was like, almost like the, it's the, it was like a 10 vial. They look like these old water bottles back in the day, like little vials and they were full of medicine and pain. And what they did was they cycled through her whole system. And this medicine basically went through her system and for, I think it was a total of nine hours. And when that went through, it was, it beat up her body. And I knew for a fact that my Sienna was tough enough to go through that because she's still to this day, my toughest kid. If it would have happened to one of the other kids, I don't know if it would have happened because she's so tough. 
Um, but that was one of those things that, you know, drew me to your story because I was like, oh my gosh, this guy literally was going to the hospital. Um, and he was praying for his kid to survive. Now, four years ago, I was 350 pounds. Okay. I'm 230 pounds right now. I lost 120 pounds. My goal is to hit two, 205, 215, but I have a, obviously a lot of extra skin right now, but my, I quit drinking four years ago. And to be honest with you, it was all due to the stress that I had. And I had to clear my head and I had to say, I have to be, start being healthy. So I need to be happy. And I, I literally changed the way I think now, huh? you oh, know, I pivot. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. Yeah, so, I, I, I totally resonate like that. Um, and that's why I had to talk to you because I'm like, dude, th this guy is like, has a lot in common with me. And if I can bring him onto my show, he can impact a ton of people because of his story. And obviously I, I was recording this, but this is not going to be a podcast. I just wanted to hear your story and just literally dissect it and go through. But this book right here, I feel you have a more of a story to tell than that. And it oh. has to be more detailed because people need to share it. So my and first, my first, first podcast, yeah, my first podcast right now is coming out tomorrow for the interview. And it's one of my good friends and he's battling stage four pancreatic cancer. Mm. And he is the most positive driven, you know, strong person that just fights every single day. And he's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my life. And his whole perspective changed. And so that's what, that's why I started this podcast. And I said, well, if I'm going to do this podcast, you're going to be the first one, because I think your story is going to impact thousands of people, just your story. And so my, my whole thinking was, is starting to reach outside the box and say, there's other people in this world that have these kind of stories that need to share out. So my biggest thing is, is if I can take hundreds of people and tell their stories, multiply that by hundreds and hundreds and then it's just going to impact a ton of people it's almost like a it's almost like a chain reaction and you just push a button and all of a sudden it just flourishes and with yeah. everything that's going on right now with the, you know the you know the people are you know the, nobody has gratitude anymore that's what that and nobody is grateful for their life and their day-to-day -day. every day i wake up i'm blessed to be here agreed so agreed. so when you're here every single day you should be happy. You shouldn't worry about it. So I told the story and he told the story and I said, dude, people complain at the grocery store because it takes them an extra 15 minutes to get through the line. You know, he's battling stage four cancer. Do you think he cares about a line? He's just glad to be in that line. Yeah, right. You know, so I, I, I want to hear more about you, though. I can talk for days, but I that's why I started this podcast, because I want people to talk and tell their story. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what you went through. And, you know, you, you started going through, like you started running, you started, you know, using that outlet. Um, I started doing that. So tell me a little bit about that. All right. Do you mind if I just start at the beginning? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Start right from the beginning. So 2015, my wife and I were doing okay. Simple life. I was, I'm an accountant. Like we're, we're just kind of life is, life is good, but they say good is the enemy of great, right? Like there wasn't a whole lot of ambition. There wasn't a whole, like, we were, I'm a CPA. I do well, but it was okay. It was okay. Um, and that year my son was diagnosed with, before he was born, like at 20 weeks, he was diagnosed with um, uh, six congenital heart defects. Okay. And we didn't know if he was going to make it to birth. And uh, 
And so literally I grieved his death before he was born. And I went through all the stages, right? And I, I, I went through negotiating with Heavenly Father and through anger and through depression and all of a sudden, like, I was, I was like, before he was born, I'm like, okay, I accept it. Like, whatever happens, happens. And um, his first heart surgery, things went great. But I picked up an addiction during that time, okay? I had never in my life played video games. And all of a sudden, I found myself playing Clash of Clans eight hours a day. <laughs> oh my gosh dude it's like oh my God, eight hours a day dude yeah <laughs> wow not good no dude no <laughs> that, lasted, get... that lasted four years oh my gosh dude that's yeah. crazy okay um not not healthy not healthy okay and but the thing was like i was just i was literally finding any way to escape my life that i could any way that I could find to um, to escape my problems and to go to a fantasy world, like well, I'll take it because I don't. I'm, I'm LDS. I don't drink, and so like my 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 things are sugar and video games, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's crazy. So put on a lot of weight, and uh, so after his first heart surgery, things went great. He came home. Everything was like before he was born. They're like, all right best case scenario here's everything that's going to happen and here's the exact timelines for everything um maybe he'll have a calf maybe not but probably will but uh and then uh like next thing is at eight months for the first eight months everything progressed exactly the way they told us but they're like here's the deal when they when they uh at his first heart heart, heart surgery they nicked his vocal cord and um, so he had this really soft cry, but he also didn't have a fully working heart after the first heart surgery. So it's like, you can't really let him cry. So you have to anticipate his needs. So you've had kids, yeah. they cry, right? Um, Dude, so I, got a, to- I got a 13 month old that we just had, and she's actually, we're teaching her how to sign. Like, it, like just because even though she talks really well, we're just, yeah. we're just trying to do that. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so we, we were like trying to anticipate his needs so that he didn't cry too much because his heart wasn't strong enough to cry. We're like, oh, okay, cool. We got this. We're good. We're good. And so we're, we're thinking, all right, this first, he had a, he had a G, an NG tube. So he had a tube up his nose into his stomach. And so he was fed that way. And like, we're thinking, okay, we get to the second heart surgery. And they told us after the second heart surgery, if things go okay, then we're done. We're good. So we get to the second heart surgery and we're like, hey, it was a success. Like we passed all the the real big troubles, what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> that was the start. That was that the was, start. That was barely the start. After his second heart surgery, um, just if if it was a comedy of errors, if things could go wrong, they went wrong. He on the heart lung bypass machine, there was a bacteria caused a cold, which caused something called ARDS, and I don't know if you've ever heard of ARDS. It's acute mm. respiratory distress syndrome. It's got a 50% mortality rate. Oh my gosh. And so like he was not doing well. Like after after a week after the heart surgery, they're like, here, you're good. Go home. And we're like, eh, it doesn't feel quite right. He feels like he's not doing so great. And 36 hours later, we went back to the ER and said, he's not himself. He's not normal. Um, and because uh, he is just... 
before his second heart surgery, he was home for seven months and he was just the happiest little baby you'd ever seen. And he had, he did something we call kicky legs where you'd pick him up in his legs, but just run. And he, just, <laughs> he was the happiest little kid ever. And it's just the biggest smile on his face, but he wasn't himself after the second heart surgery. And he had a runny nose and then his just things just kind of compounded. And 36 hours later, we're like, all right, we need to go back to the hospital. And the hospital was like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. Like, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll hold him here until we kind of figure it out. But nothing seems wrong. And then he threw up and then they took him up to the ER. And in the, or not in the ER, in the ER, he threw up. They took him up to the, to the floor. And on the floor, um, it went from nothing's wrong to holy crap, this kid might like die in our hands. And, uh, and so that was kind of the first, like, first death scare when, after he was alive. Um, and so they, they worked furiously, got him all okay. And then for about two, three weeks, he just kind of bounced around between the floors. And then after about two or three weeks, he, uh, he just came down with ARDS and his lungs totally gave out, stopped working. And um, they basically put him, I'll show you a picture of it, of kind of that time. Um, so here he is. So he is, oh, wow. at this point, he's like just on all, he's on like 25 different medicines. Wow. Um, he's, he's on, on breathing on, treatments. He's on yeah, everything. Yeah. Like he's not even breathing on his own at that point. Wow. Um, so here he is after his, his third oh. surgery. And how and, old was he right there? At this point, he's just under two. And the oh, other picture, man. he's not quite one. Wow. And, and, and so how old is he right now? Seven or eight? He turns six in about a month. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so what's his birthday? Uh, September 21st. Okay. So my, oh, my, my mine's the 29th. And okay. my, my, my son's the 25th of August and my daughter's the 1st of August. So got some birthdays coming up. <laughs> my daughter's, my, my son's the 1st of August as well. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so he turns eight, he turns eight this week. Yeah. So my daughter turns 14. So. Awesome. Um, but from there, it just started a, a year long uh, process. Like the day he got arts was my wife was home. They called my wife and said, come to the hospital now we don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. Um, so I had the other two kids. I sent my wife. I'm like kind of freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was paralyzed. My sister called me. My wife posted something on Facebook. It, it was cryptic. It wasn't even like, here's everything we know. It was just like something happened. My sister called me and said, drop your kids off like and go. I, we didn't see our other kids for 14 days. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. I didn't expect to get emotional. Um, Dude. But we didn't see our kids for 14 days. And like, we didn't, we literally for 14 days, we didn't know if he was going to survive or not. And uh, it was just, it, it, it felt like just absolute, just torture, hell. And we're, we're going into his room every day and he's, his body's there, but he's not. Like, they've knocked him out. They've sedated him. And every once in a while, um, after the first, the, the other thing was the doctors completely stopped talking to us for three weeks. Like they, if we wanted to talk to them, 
they would send us a resident and the resident had zero answers for us. Um, and the only comfort we got was talking to my sister-in-law. Her son had some respiratory issues as well. We talked to her, to her, her respiratory therapist, and she basically laid out like all of the different options, all of the different paths that his life might take from that point forward. And we're like, we don't know. Like, she's like, if he, sur if, if he survives, here's what it's going to look like. And it followed exactly the way she said it was going to look like, where it was two steps forward, two steps back. And it was just this tango, this back and forth dance for, for a month. And, and then it became two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. And he just kind of set, started progressing very, very slowly. And then he started coming home, but he'd be home for a couple of weeks and then be back in the hospital, home for, for two or three days, back in the hospital for a month, home, back in the hospital. And that was like that for a year. And it was just, we, we'd, we'd go to the hospital after being gone for three days and we'd see nurses and they're like, oh, hey, oh, hey, <laughs> just this, this, so great to see you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm seeing you. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're I, back. I, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so it was uh, a year of just really like not knowing. And then his heart stopped at one point and that was, I was in tax season at that time and it just, let me, let me, let me stop you there for a second. I want to ask you sure. a question. Sure. So, so when you, when you're going through all these emotions, what yeah. was your first reaction to do? What was your first reaction to, to literally give yourself to God and say, what are you going to do for us, our family? Or was it just like, I wish it was, or was it just, was it focused on, you know, you didn't know where you were. I mean, you no, were I, lost. Was, I was paralyzed. I was okay. paralyzed. I was, I was a little bit in shock and I'm like, I don't know what to do next. Um, we definitely prayed a lot. We still do, but I mean, it was, there was definitely a lot of prayers, but that was not our first reaction or first emotion. I mean, it, it should have been, but it wasn't. I, um, I mean, my buddy's saying is faith over fear. And, and that's what he instills in himself is, is, you know, that's become our family's motto. Okay. So there were a number of books that we read, um, throughout all of this. One was called but if not, and it's about, uh, it comes from, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher these names, Madshak, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. Madshak, have you ever heard of them? No, I have not. So they're in the Bible. They're friends of Daniel's. Okay. Yep. And they're, they're thrown into uh, the fire and basically they say, look, the Lord's going to protect us, but if he doesn't, we're still going to have faith in him. And it was like, look, the worst can happen. And the thing was, I had to get comfortable with the worst case outcome, which sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was being comfortable with my son dying. It was being comfortable with him living in the hospital for a very long period of time. And we met people and we're, we have friends who, whose kids, um, I, we have one friend, I mean, her son from birth to 18, probably spent a good 12 to 15 years in the hospital. Oh man. And, and then at 18 or 19 passed away. Man. And it just, it's like their life was the hospital. That's, that was the life. 
And, uh, and so I, I had to kind of get comfortable with that and holy crap. But after, after his second heart surgery, like he, he actually, I'm sorry, after his third heart surgery, he got better. Like they did an experimental surgery. We were contacting every hospital in the country that we could think of and saying, look at our son and like, help us find a solution. And all of them were like, we got nothing. Like, we don't know what to do. And our surgeon did a, an experimental surgeon just opened him up and said, let's see what we got. And uh, ended up um, pulling his aorta off of his, his airway because his lung kept closing. And uh, yeah, anyway, so, but this kid, this, this kid, he, the personality of this kid was so incredibly strong through all of this um, that he needed that really, really strong personality to survive. And I mean, at one point he was on 20 liters of high flow oxygen at the hospital up and playing around having a treatment. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll just like, whatever, I'll do my thing. Cause kids, kids are so resilient. They don't, they don't show what they're really going through. They just literally fight and fight because they don't know any better. You know I mean? That's the biggest thing. When's the last time you actually said this story because you're getting emotional so you know i'm a very emotional person i and, and and when i speak and i get emotional it's like i know when's the last time you actually said this story uh probably about a month ago okay the whole thing it's been a long long time but um i get emotional there's parts of it where i just i always get emotional every time i talk about it and it's so are you familiar with ed my latin andy priscilla yeah okay so i'm a part of the rea syndicate and the this past yesterday, our, our, our meeting was about emotions and, you know, it was a pretty, pretty awesome hour conversation, but, um, I'll have to, I'll have to send you some of my notes because it was just mind blowing because our emotions do so many things. Our emotions make us give up. Sometimes our emotions make us, you know, fight through things. Our emotions put us down and, and then lift us up. I mean, it's, it's like a roller coaster. I, I consider emotions like a roller coaster. You know, you're constantly, you're at a high and then you're at a low. My main focus is just to try to be in the middle. You know, yeah. I want to be in, you know, so when I'm up, bring me down a little bit. And when I'm really down, bring me up, you know? So you want to stay, you know, I, I consider myself a flat line kind of guy, but I can get really emotional and then I can get, you know, really down emotionalized. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, me wanting to help everybody. And, and, and when I can't help somebody, I'm very frustrated. So my emotions go up and down. I mean, like right now, um, you know, I, I have a company that has, uh, that employs 50 people. Um, I own an asphalt and concrete company. And I started this company with my brother in 2004. And we built this thing from a pickup truck with a 55 gallon drum to over 50 trucks on the road. And I think the biggest the reason why I love my job so much is because I get to go in every single day and try to help one individual in my company. If that's making them and teaching them to excel and and be able to afford a house or, you know, get out of their apartment or, you know, stop living with their parents or, you know, when I get the most satisfaction when somebody says, Hey, Ryan, I've worked with you six years and I'm buying my first house. I want to thank you. That's what I love. And I say, well, you don't have to thank me. You worked hard for it. I just put you on the right path. So you know, I think, I think a lot of that, you know, with motions, I mean, I think you're going through a lot of emotions and that's good. That's a good thing, you know? So keep, keep talking, brother. You're doing yeah. a great job, yeah. man. No. So, um, so at the same time, like I had my own practice, um, 
uh, doing, doing accounting work. And uh, when my son, after the first heart surgery, uh, we were in the hospital and my BNI group, because I wasn't showing up while my son was in the hospital, they kicked me out. No way, dude. Yeah. Dude, that's terrible. <laughs> I've been in a BNI for 15 years now. So, and 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 I and I actually signed a sub for the last two years because it's been so because we're doing virtual now. Oh, There's I didn't no have to take a sub. Yeah. I should have I should have like taken and done a send a sub, but I yeah. didn't. Um, <laughs> but um, I was struggling, and honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because once again, like I said, I had like very little ambition. I was I wanted to grow, but like. I didn't really know what that meant at the time. And my clients, honestly, from B and I were really tough clients. Like they weren't <laughs> the greatest of, of um, referrals. They just, it was like my toughest clients ever. Yeah. And, uh, and so a month, two months later, I started searching for different ways to grow. And my brother's like, Hey, here's this awesome thing with Google ads and, they, I could have burned money faster. And, they, <laughs> um, and, then, and then from there, I found this guy, his name's Andrew Argue, and he honestly changed my life. Like I was going through the absolute hardest time of my entire life. And I was, I was like an emotional freaking disaster. And Andrew's like, Andrew and his wife were like, Hey, here's a way to grow your business. I'm like, I'll take it. I didn't realize all of the other stuff that I was going to learn besides just the marketing and the, and they opened my, my eyes and my wife's eyes to a whole world that we have never even experienced. And, uh, at one point my wife, like, like I said, I was playing video games eight hours a day and I had other stuff going on in my brain too. And I was, I was a little suicidal at one point. My wife was like, you need to knock this crap off or we're done as a couple. And she kicked me out of the house and I said, no. Um, anyway, like that was a real turning point in our, in our marriage, in our lives, because all of a sudden I had somebody come into my home and try to shame, not my wife. I had somebody come into my home and try to shame me into being better. They're like, Hey, Preston, how does this, like, she asked, he asked my wife how she felt about everything. And she's like, well, it makes me feel like crap. And he's like, does that make you want to change? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, here, here's X, Y, and Z, why it doesn't. Here's why like shame doesn't work on me. And all it does is make me feel worse and makes me want to do that thing that makes me feel better. (laughs) Right. Go play and, video games, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh and my wife is I try explaining things to him and I'm I'm an accountant. I don't have the full set of full skill set of the the English language. Um they didn't teach that to me in college. Uh I uh I, I do number problems, right? Anyway, so I was trying to explain it and I wasn't getting it across very well, and my wife all of a sudden took everything that I was feeling, all the emotions that I was feeling and explained it to him better than I could. And at that moment, like it was, it was a moment where my heart softened and I'm like, I see a path forward. And from that moment forward, our relationship changed. Um, uh, I, I started becoming more present. I hired a coach to help me with my mindset and be present with my family. And I started meditating and I started doing 
all sorts of stuff that um, really kind of put our family in a new direction. Um, I ended up selling my business about a year later because I'm like, look, this, all these clients are like the stress that they're causing me is insane and I, I can't handle it. And so I need to kind of reset and focus on higher level stuff. And, but at the same time, when I did, I joined a coaching program for my wife because my wife wanted to go back to work. So here's where the story gets like insanely cool. So my wife actually started, I, I found running. Like one of those things that I found to deal with stress and cope with stress was running. Um, and I started running and I ran a marathon and I've done a lot of stuff and I've lost a lot of weight. And then COVID happened and I put it all back on. I'm like, oh, cool, sweet, awesome. <laughs> Let's do this again. Right. Hey, well, <laughs> I, hey, I'm, I'm on 75 hard right now. I'm on day eight. You should jump on. And then you, we can we can be accountability partners. We can go back and forth. And it's pretty simple, but you can't drink, you don't drink alcohol, so that's easy. No. But all you have to do is do a gallon of water. I saw you have a gallon of water with you. That, yep. So you what you do is you do a gallon of water, you work out twice a day. One has to be a like a 45 minute walk, and then another has to be a workout, some sort of workout, like for 45 minutes. Then you got to read 10 pages of books in a self-help. Yeah. Yeah. And it dude, it's awesome. Dude, I love it. And, and I, I've been on day eight and I'm down seven pounds right now. And you have to I follow a strict diet, don't you? Very strict diet. Like I like I, I eat almost the same things over and over and over. Yeah. And I'm yeah. constantly drinking water. I have this thing with me 24-7. I have to drink. I, I drink six of these a day. And so, I mean, as long as I can get that down, I just keep going, keep going, keep going. But if, if you join that, you'll definitely get that. Uh, get get those pounds. Those I call them LBs off because. Yeah. I need to get them off because, uh, I, at my lowest, I was 212, um, yep. from 350 and yep. I'd like to be down to 212, but I'd like to be a little more tighter. My stomach, everything. I got a lot, like I, I have a lot of, of skin. So, um, I got to start doing some core training and stuff like that, but, um, we so, should, uh, we, we should, I should push you, push you to do 75 hours. Awesome. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've started it once before. I didn't make it 10 days in and uh, I gave up. Hey, um, you got to have accountability partner though. Yes. I always say sure. that. So when I, uh, when I was doing the marathon, I, I started at 277 and I got down to about 220, 225 ish. Okay. Then COVID happened and I shot back up to 277. I'm like, Oh crap. So now I'm like at 260, but I got a lot of work to do. Hey, anyway, it's focus and consistency, right? Yeah, no question. So, so after after uh, all of that, we my wife was like, "All right, I want to go back to work. I want to start making um, some money." Um, she started. So my thing for self help and self care was was running, was meditating, praying, reading, so that kind of stuff. Hers was making cookies. <laughs> okay. So that's why that's why you put on the fifty pounds because cookies is my favorite. <laughs> So, so my wife started making these cookies and when I say cookies, like people have a, uh, have a, an idea in their mind of what I'm talking about and it's not it. So this is a cookie that she's made. That's awesome. Okay. That is so freaking awesome. So she started making these, these types of cookies, right? Okay. What, what's, uh, what's her website? What is the, what's her website so I can take a look at it? Lolly's, uh, lolliescookiecamp.com. Okay. 
Okay, anyway, so my wife started, um, she started making cookies. Well, she wanted to go back to work and create a seven-figure graphic design company, which is what she had been working for before we had Micah. Because when we had Micah, she, she quit her, her, uh, her, her income, her business, fired all of her clients. Anyway, um, so, but we were at a conference in Colorado and I just saw, I looked at her and I'm like, you're stressing out before you even have a single client. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't it. This isn't self-care. This isn't helpful. We don't need any more income. I have enough income. Like, okay, so we make a million dollars, but if you're going to like be stressed out and we're going to hate life, like that, that's not fun. Nobody wants that. And so I said, look, if you're going to do something, do cookies, like you love it. You can, like we were, we were at a Russell Brunson conference at one of his things and uh, I'm like, create a course. Let's do this course and let's do it right. And uh, so she's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in and you have to support me. And I'm like, I'm in. I support you a thousand percent. Anyway, so she started, she started creating that course uh, a few months later. Um, she was doing, we were trying a bunch of different things. She was doing like in-person classes and then she was making cookies and selling cookies. And she had a couple of really good months where she made like six or $7,000. Hey, that was better than what she had. Yeah. In the previous 10 years of our marriage, she had never really actually brought in any money to the family. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, hey, anything is great. Like, it's just gravy. Um, well, during the pandemic, she got serious about launching the course that we had talked about. And she launched it in June. And her entire goal was to never have to be dependent on me again. So her goal was to make $10,000 a month and, and uh, never, never be told that she couldn't buy an item because we couldn't afford it. Or So when I first quit my job in 2013, there was a time where we were $20,000 in debt and she wanted to rent a movie. And I said, no, because we couldn't afford it. <laughs> and... She's like, I never want that feeling ever again in my life. And my wife, actually, she grew up in a trailer, right? So she's got her own amazing whole story. Well, she started creating this course and her, her goal was 10,000 a month. Her first month, she did 20 grand. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay. And then from there, like, we're just like, holy crap, this is kind of cool. Let's see what else we can do with it. So she started building more and in... December, she did from Black Friday to the end of the year. She did about three hundred and fifty grand. Um, in the like, dude, that's that's amazing. Yeah, in yeah. cookies. In cookies. That's crazy. Not cookies, but teaching. No, teaching. Course, just teaching. All you're doing is teaching. Yeah. It's just yeah. a what was it like a five week course, a six week course? Well, I mean, what? It's a two hour course. Dude, unbelievable. Okay, so it's forty seven bucks, two hours. And, but she creates a lot more value than just the course. That's, that, that's amazing. That's a, so, so obviously she's probably scaling and, and leveling up all the time right now. Yeah. It's blowing yeah. up. It, it has, it's, it's beyond blown up. So over the past year and a half, we've done about a million and a half dollars in sales. Wow. And, uh, but like she's, the reason she started doing cookies was because of the stress of my son. 
because we both were beyond our our physical limits, beyond our mental limits, like we had, both of us had broken. And like we both worked with a coach, a mindset coach. And my wife was like, I want two things. One is to be seen and heard. And two is to have enough of my own money where I don't have to ask Preston for anything. Okay, that was it. Those were her two things. And in talking to this coach recently, um, he's like, well, uh, she has her, she has a Facebook group with 10,000 women and she is now a celebrity in the cookie world. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, she has, she sold the course to like 15,000 women, but like almost 10,000 have joined her group. Um, when she interacts with people, like they're like, oh my gosh, a celebrity just, just commented on my stuff. Like it's, she's she's an influencer that's all it is she's she is a top class influencer in the cookie world yep which is is amazing and the funny thing is she's actually impacting and helping people with that oh every day every day we get people with it's so it's so silly but we have seen people who tell us we get at least somebody once a week who tell us how cookie camp has changed their life and has impacted their life with uh with mental health with all sorts anyway and it's just been so is there is is there live feeds or anything is she doing she did i mean so what's what's up what what does she do for her live feeds does she do uh facebook instagram what does she do oh no so inside of the group she does live live okay all right she calls them cookie chats okay so every once in a while she'll do a live thing on her facebook page or her instagram page and we generally get a few few hundred dollars in sales when she does those but i'm gonna uh, make sure i'm gonna make sure i follow her and i'm gonna make sure i tag it on facebook so i can get people yeah. to try our class because yeah. i think it's pretty cool so and, and it's like it's so silly to say that cookies change people's lives but they have and like we so i spend a lot of my time over there now so i was um i'm actually going back to start building my seven figure accounting firm again um but uh i haven't i've kind of put the marketing on hold since december because i've been focusing on her stuff i've been helping her with her business and helping her um so i still have my clients and i still am doing that stuff but i i a lot of my time is spent helping her and creating content and doing all sorts of stuff so you know you, you you promised her you said, "Hey, I support you 100%." So, you're stuck. <laughs> you you um, are stuck. <laughs> so, I I oh, jeez. Um I I did. You're right. <laughs> there was one point though where my wife was procrastinating beginning to start her her um her the the course creating the yeah. course. And I she was just like putting it off, putting it off. And I, I went to her and I, was, I didn't mean this when I said it, but I was like a month prior, I was at a Grant Cardone event. No, I guess I was a year prior. And Grant's wife talked about how Grant did this to her and she wrote her book immediately. So yeah. <laughs> I went to her and I said, honey, I, I don't think you're actually going to do this. I don't believe in you. And yeah. <laughs> One time use, never again. My wife was like, you just shattered my whole world. And, uh, but she got it done. Wow. wow. And then I told her once she got it done, like a week later, I'm like, honey, I believed in you the whole time. And she's like, <laughs> what the living? 
Oh, that's great. That's great. So, um, so, but yeah, I've, I've supported her completely throughout this process and we've, we've been, we built it together. Like she's done, she's done all the heavy lifting and I just sit back and count the money, but, uh, Hey, you're the accountant and you're the numbers guy. So you do well with that. So, so, so tell me a little bit about what's your, what's your goal? I mean, you said you want to do a seven figure accounting firm, but is that your passion or is that, is that something that you just want to do just to do it? Or is it something? So so my passion is tax strategies. I love, um, I love helping people save money. Okay. I have this, my dad worked for the IRS for a short time and my dad worked for the government for a lot of years. I love my dad dearly. And I've never met anybody who hates the government more than my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate paying taxes with an absolute passion. And I, I don't know why I hate it so much, but I just, I despise paying taxes. And anytime I can find a way to help somebody pay less taxes, it like, it's a rush. So are you doing, you're, you're pretty much going into businesses and you're a consultant. You're coming in, you're saying, Hey, if I can save you this much, this is what you're going to, you're going to pay me. Or if I save this much, it's going to be this. Yep. Dude, it's a great business nowadays because with all the entrepreneurs that are out there that are starting their business, a lot of people know their field and they know their, what, how to do things in their trade, but they do not know the numbers. They don't know the funds. They don't know what they can spend, what they can't spend. So, you know, I've, I've had trial and errors. I tell this to people all the time. I've made $10 million worth of mistakes in the last 17 years. And I'll tell you right now, I want to share it with you so you don't make the same mistakes again. So that's what you do. Yeah. You literally go in and say, I made this, I know this, I've done this with other companies. This is what you need to do. Is there a certain company that you, you are more spectacular at? Like when you go in, like you can say, I know this by the back of my hand, I'm going to go in here and save you thousands. So I can walk into almost any restaurant in the country and save them 20 grand. But I will not work with restaurants anymore. <laughs> See, you know what? That's 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 a that's setting an expectation and never going there again because ex- yep. restaurants are a pain in the butt anyways. They're they're the worst, absolute worst. Um, I've gotten restaurants checks for seventy thousand dollars for overpaid taxes. Like I walk in and I literally just rekeyed in some numbers, but did them differently and. They got a check back for $70,000. Nothing they had to do on their end. Zero. Um, and I will never work with another restaurant in my life. So what, are, what are you focused on? What are you going to go after when what you I'm do actually, What I'm focusing on now. So my wife is a course creator. She's in the e-com space now. And over the past year, I've been, I basically rubbed shoulders with, over the past two years, I've rubbed shoulders basically almost exclusively with with e-com and digital marketers, okay? Um, Course creators of that nature. And so all of my friends are now course creators, are digital marketers. And so that's what I focus on. Is are you, are you going? Are you going to LinkedIn? Are you doing anything on LinkedIn right now? Because I know with course created and, and e-commerce and everything, LinkedIn is, is, has literally blown up. Sure, 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 sure. Um, currently, no, I'm not doing that at all. Um, like I said, I put my marketing machine on complete hold. Okay. Um, and I'm in the process of hiring another accountant to help me catch up on work so that I can start to market again. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, 
no, once, once I actually get going, I'm going to start doing webinars. I'm going to start a podcast. Um, we'll, I, I, my first Andrew argue taught me all about how to use LinkedIn. So I've been using LinkedIn for six years now. Um, five, five years now, yeah, five years. Um, and I've done all sorts of sketchy stuff on LinkedIn and I don't feel all that great about it. <laughs> Well, dude, LinkedIn, I just started getting into LinkedIn quite a bit, but you got to understand three years ago, um, if you go back in my Facebook and my social media, three years ago is when I started, three and a half years ago, November 17th to 17th is when I started my life again. Uh, and I think that had to do with me saying, hey, I'm going to put everything out there. So I don't, I don't show anybody my bullshit anymore. I don't have any excuse because it's like, if you put it out there and you do all this training and you go to classes and you go to, you know, all these you know, mindset, you know, I have a mindset coach, I have a mentor, I have a business coach, I, I dude, I have everything right now. And if I don't put that to work, what am I paying this for? So I literally put everything to work and I hold myself accountable every single day. Love it. And so that's yeah. why I'm calling you is like, I did, I read that chapter, I got goosebumps a couple of times, I, I literally said, I have to talk to this guy. And I, I mean, there's so much content in this little zoom call that it is gonna it will change people's life and and I don't even know if we need to do a podcast because this is pretty much the podcast <laughs> so you know but dude I I am so glad I actually you know talked to you I, I think I think actually I'll probably be talking to you a lot more because I can dude, see I a it. lot I can see a lot of myself in you dude you know? honestly so I I love the having been held accountable um so you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna start the 75 hard I'll do it I'm dude gonna, I'm gonna do Dude, um, dude, I'll send you a link of uh, your, your friends with me on Facebook now, but I'll send you a link on Instagram. And what I'm doing is I got a, I got several people in the Arate that I'm with right now. And it's kind of a little group. And we do, uh, you know, I, I, every day I, I literally tag who I'm holding accountable. And yeah. so I, every day I'm like, I'm going to put it on Instagram and I'm going to put, I'm going to tag your name. And I'm going to say, I did this because of you, because if I don't do it, I'm letting you down. So that's, that's, that's how I look at it. And I literally put it out there in the universe and I'm saying, I'm never going to fail because I can't let this guy down. I told yep. this guy I was going to complete this. So I met a guy, uh, actually I met him twice now, um, one in Miami, his name's Sonny, and he owns a, uh, a construction business on, uh, in California, Los Angeles. And I met him at a, uh, a blue collar retreat in Miami. And actually uh, Grant Cardone was doing the 10X at the same time back yep. in March. And I met him and then we ended up talking over social media and then we ended up going to an inner, inner circle retreat for the top contracting group that I'm a part of. And we, it's a training course and we had the, you know, the, the coaches, Brian Hess, and he's dude, if you haven't followed him, you got to follow him. Brian. Uh, Brian Hess. He has a, he has a podcast every morning at 8am called the morning perspective. Every day he gives a 10 to 15 minute gist of his perspective on different things and it's changed my life i mean the podcast it's it's only 15 to 20 minutes sometimes it's 25 but it's just straight to the point he's got 380 episodes i've watched them all two or three times i've saved a bunch of them but he's helped me and then so sunny got into this group too and so now we're in the rta together and we've become this really close you know tight-knit you know friendship and now i'm holding him accountable and he's holding me accountable for 75 hours so it's like those are things that like, yeah. I feel like they're triggers. You, you talk about triggers and you say that, you know, you're, you're, you have to, you have to literally put things out there and it's got to trigger you to do those things. And I feel like if I put it out there, I don't want to let anybody down. 
and that's what I told you in the beginning. So I think it'd be pretty cool, but, uh, check, check out my podcast tomorrow where we're going to, you know, it's going to be taken off, but if you like it, let me know. But, uh, I, uh, I would love to put, you know, your story on, on my podcast. So, so, so Tom Billu is the one that saved, absolute saved my life. How do you, like, how do you spell his last name? B I L Y either E U or U E. I can't remember. Okay. Y E U. Okay. Whatever, whichever way it is, I spell it wrong every single time. Okay. What did, what, what, what does he do? Is he a, a mindset coach? What is he? So you've heard of Quest Bar, right? Yep. Yep. So he owned Quest. Oh, okay. So he had this, this, while he was the CEO of Quest, he had this uh, podcast called Inside Quest. And, but he broadcasted to everybody, but it was for the employees of Quest. And he realized, hey, there's a whole lot more here than is just for this company. So he ended up leaving this, being the CEO Still kept ownership, but um, left the CEO position and started a company called Impact Theory and started creating video content to basically help people. He calls it pull people out of the matrix. Okay. So um, he is. So just, I would watch, like, I, I, there was a point where I had to watch just to get out of bed in the morning, I had to watch. A motivational speaker or a YouTube video, whatever, just just to get out of bed because I couldn't get out of bed on my own. And there were times where, like, my and the funny thing is, it was all after my son was home. Like after he was no longer in this this survival mode and he was home, that's when I allowed all these feelings to come back into my life and like crush me. Yeah. And anyway, so I was like, I found I found Tom Billu during that time, and I would literally. Every day that I would run, I would listen to him. Or um, before I would get out of bed to get me out of bed, I had to turn Tom or um, Les Brown on or one of those people. But Tom like legitimately saved my life, not just for me like destroying my own life, but like literally physically. I, I was I was not I was in such a horrible dark place that I didn't know how I was going to live one moment to the next have you have you man let me ask you this question have you ever reached out to him and told him what he's done to you (laughs) yes he came to chicago uh for comic-con and i he posted about it so i said i'm going to comic-con yeah right i'm going up there i'm right there now (laughs) so so i went to comic-con and nobody knew who he was like he's signing this this uh this comic that he wrote called neon future and nobody there knew who, what it was. And uh, nobody knew who he was or what yeah. he'd done in his life. Yeah. <laughs> but I get up there and like, you could see I'm an emotional guy. I cry yeah. a lot. Like I get up there and I'm yelling like, Tom! And he doesn't know who I am, but like- I know everything about you. I just want yeah, to hug you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need, I thought, I thought legitimately I was going to walk up get something signed, tell him a, a 30 second quip about how he's helped me. And then I was going to walk away. And I'm like, I wish I could tell you my whole story and everything about like how you've literally saved my life. And he's like, I've got time, brother. 
<laughs> That's awesome. And he he and I chatted for an hour. And if I had had time, he would have given more to me. But I didn't plan on being there for more than an hour. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing, dude. That that's that's what I like to hear. Yeah. People that actually just I'm I want to meet this person. I'm so I I went to the blue collar uh you know blue collar conference. Oh, the only reason I really went is to support Brian, but I also went because I wanted to hear Ed Milet speak in person yeah. because I've heard him so many times. Dude, he is way better in person because I feel like God grabs onto him and literally goes into him and just just comes out dude it's amazing he literally told a story that had i had goops goosebumps on my skin for at least 10 hours and it it was amazing and so when you meet somebody that changes your life you have to let them know that because for sure brian says it all the time and brian brian's with his morning perspective he said that he's like i've had two people not commit suicide because of my podcast that is like I'm getting goosebumps again. That's how, that's how emotional I am. And that is why I'm doing this podcast is because the power of helping people is not only just to, to make me feel good and make me feel, you know, where I can live to a hundred because my health's going to be so good because I'm helping so many people, but I want to put that on everybody else too, you know, because I feel like when I feel healthy and I feel like I'm helping people, I, I, I work out, I'm better on my schedule. I'm consistent. I'm, yeah. I'm constantly like, life is easy. Isn't it easy when you're just doing life the right way? Uh-huh. And then when you let all the noise come in and it distracts you, that's when, that's why I'm doing this podcast because people do, like you said, every morning, sometimes you have to wake up and you have to have that person that talks. And, and I, and I'm that person I've, I've literally had to do that for years and years and years to get out of my funk. And I actually have a, a, a Christian, you know, uh, CD that I listen to every day. And it's like, I'll send you the link, but it's, it, it's saying these songs and it just talks to you. And I, I'm like, when I'm in a funk, I'm going to listen to that song. And so it's like, that's my trigger. I have to literally put that song on when I'm in a funk and I do that. Okay. okay. So you know who Zig Ziglar is, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. One of my, so I listen to, he's another person that I listen to almost daily. I haven't listened to him in quite some time, but um, for a while I was listening to him for probably two years. I was listening to him literally every, every day. Um, anyway, one of the things that he says is like, people always tell me they, when they get down, they put my CD in and listen to me. He's like, now, would you ever drive a car and intentionally drive it to zero before you go to the gas station, drive it to empty? <laughs> it's like, don't wait till you're down to start listening to those things. He's like, you want to stay up. You don't want to, it's a lot harder to like, if you run out of gas, you got to push yourself to the gas station. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. sucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so you need to instead, like it's the maintenance, it's the going to get gas before you're empty <laughs> and staying up always. So dude, anyway, it, that's. Dude, I love that. And then I think that, I think that goes to show is, is, is people need those little triggers every day. Like I, my, my routine is, is very precious to me. I wake up and I'm usually up by 4.30, 4.45 every morning. I take the first 10 minutes to pray and do my devotional. 
it just clears my head of all the crap that was on for the day before it clears up you know how my day is going to start the day so if i go into that devotional every single morning and and what i do is i just think about it i just listen to it and then i go work out and so on my head's clear i feel and then when i work out you know and all those endorphins in your head you're like i'm ready to conquer the world let's no go yeah. you know you're like i feel great i'm going to work and then you get to work and it's seven o'clock and you're like man, it's seven o'clock and I've already been up for three hours and I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. And then somebody comes in and has bad news and you're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> let's, let's deal with the crap. <laughs> yep. So, but no, it's I, a lot easier when you're in a good headspace, it's a lot easier to deal with that crap than when you're not. Like, oh dude, it is. And, and I think it's infectious too, because um, I just got this text. I'll read it to you real quick. It's from a, one of my buddies. It actually says, uh, and I sent it in my group because I just, when you get things like this, it's almost like you just have to share it to everybody. It says, Hey man, I had a handful of people in my life as I focused on building a legacy business like me, you are the one of, uh, one of them. Your energy has pumped me up lately. I have to share it with you because I know you will, uh, will appreciate the work it, it take, took me to get this done. But after a full year of presentations to a new national client, I just got official word yesterday that we were awarded 375 stores rebranding across 20 states. This is two years of work and team potential of $8 million worth of work. I appreciate your good energy, Ryan. Hopefully, hoping to uh, send some back to you. That is, that's why I do this. It's amazing. Yeah. Like this impacts me just as much as it impacts him. Yeah, no doubt. You know, so you don't want to lose. You know, they always say you got you got to win every day. So if you win and you 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 literally take your your percentage up one every single day, you get better and better every single day. And just try to live life like it's your last day. That's it. So the thing that's crazy that one percent daily, right? Yep. One percent daily is not three point six five percent better. No. Thirty seven percent better. Yeah. Like just crazy to me dude it's it's 37 it's, 37 times better not 3.65 yep so so real quick and i'll let you go because i know this is you know this is your valuable time with your family but i just want to thank you for taking the time with me and, and i think we're going to become really good friends dude i right. dude, i love your energy man dude, man this was hearing your story too like i i, I love it the the alcohol, the, the, your daughter, the three and a half years ago. And just, it just like, man, it. And we can talk offline on that because obviously this is all about you, but man, it's just, uh, you, you got to understand is, is every person has a story and if they can tell their story, it will impact others. It doesn't matter if it impacts one person, that's all that matters, but there's stories that can impact thousands because we have bad days. Like my buddy, when we did, when I did that podcast, I'm like, dude, if you're having a bad day, listen to that same thing with you if you're if you're having a bad day there's other people that have went through way worse stop sweating the small stuff yeah and start focusing on life every single day for sure um yeah those i've had people (laughs) i've literally had people tell me um when when i think i've had a bad day like i look at your family and i realize things can get much worse so i need to be grateful for what i have right absolutely absolutely it uh uh, it's kind of a weird to, <laughs> to have, have them say that to you, but it's like, Oh, I guess we've been, you know what though? It's, it puts your life into perspective of what you went through and how you changed other people's life. 
that's really the bottom line is, is you people go through trials and tribulations but people learn from that i mean just like i've I've went through a lot in my life you know so you know and my story is a mile long from when i was a little kid you know with growing up with just you know my grandfather my you know my grandmother because my mother was a full-time single mother that worked every single day you know Mm -hmm. so there's things in life that you know i take from when i was younger to be present now with my kids because Mm -hmm you know, you don't want to miss those moments because they grow up so fast, 100%. you know? So, all right, bud. Well, Hey, I appreciate you. And, you know, like I said, I'm so glad I reached out to you because mm-hmm. I like, dude, I seriously just started reading that book and I literally got it done. And I said, I am reaching out to this guy and I'm not going to take no for an answer. Cause he has to come on here and tell a story. And, yeah, and every time I do that, it makes me feel good because I just meet such great people. You know, it's like, cause I, I don't just call and, and, and look for people to do it. I just, it, something's got to touch me to call, sure. you know, and that's, and, and I was so great that you're, when I texted you, I'm like, yes, he still remembers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so what's, so real quick and we'll, we'll end this thing. What's your, what's your, what's your goals for writing another book? I mean, I, I think you need to write an individual book of your life story. And that's my goal. I'm going to, I haven't put a date on it, but I, I, I have to put a date out there. There's a board behind me that I just had done. I repainted with chalk and I'm going to put a goal up there. And I want to, I want to put a date of when I have to do a book because I want to share my story. And I also want to share the legacy of what this is going to bring to other people. So, you know, so I'm going to tell you, it's not going to just be my book. It would be my book and my wife's book. It would be our story together. Okay. So do you uh, have a, do you have a, uh, uh, a date or do you, I mean, we, cause we don't have a date right now. Like my wife is building so many things and has so many things on her plate right now. It's not happening anytime soon. Um, you have to, you have to put a goal out there. So I, I told myself within, within three years, I'm going to have this book done and, and, and I'm going to have a date with it. But I said three years because I really want to do it in a year, but I, I told you, I said three years, but I think, I think your wife, if you put her picture on a book and told your story, it would sell millions. I really do. And the reason why, because dude, the cookie story, dude, amazing. I think that's the coolest thing, dude. It's crazy. Dude, it's It's crazy. crazy. You know, you're you're, you're doing seven figures with a cookie company (laughs) that you just literally educate people on how to do things. Mm -hmm. It's a coaching. It's a brand. It's a, it's, 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 it's her way of, of sharing what cookies bring to people. And and when I eat a cookie, I say, man, that was really good. And it makes you feel happy. Doesn't it? It does. (laughs) The cool thing. Okay. Here's the cool thing about cookies. When you eat them, they make you feel good. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. When you bake them and give them away, giving away makes yep. you feel good. Yep. Um, when you do something for yourself, it like it makes you feel good. It create a lot for a lot of women. It's become their self care time, right? And so all of a sudden, there's all these interdynamics of what like this program like really just brings joy to their life in a lot of different ways. And so it. Um, um, it's, it's been really cool to witness, uh, how it's not just changed our lives, but how it's changed other people's lives too. Um, uh, writing a book, um, three years is a good number, but, uh, so like I said, we're, we're in the process of creating a lot of stuff right now. Um, I want to get my wife on, on TV. At some point we're going to be on TV in the next little bit. She wants to be on Magnolia Network and on Oprah. 
um, I want her on USA Today and with Rachel Ray. Those are my hey, two. Start writing them every day. Tell them your story. I'm telling you, that's so easy. It literally, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. You literally send them and send them. I, I, I just have, I have, I, I literally don't care if people reject me. I literally will literally keep, keep going, keep going. And, and eventually the persistency will get you there. Yeah. Because if somebody is bugging somebody 25 to 30 times in a year, because they have to tell their story, they're going to, they're eventually going to say, well, I, this interests me. So, so I'm not allowed to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife just put some reins on me and said, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Cause if you do that, you know, what's going to happen, right? That business is going to blow up. I know. I know. So it's, so, it's already, it's already done well. And I think if we can get her story out there to the masses, like, it's going to even do more. Like, wow. I feel like this is literally just the beginning of, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg of what's put the potential with well, this. Well, I'm, I'm going to be a supporter of you guys and, and I'm going to share this out, but I would love to someday meet you guys. So yeah, um, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm in Detroit, Michigan, just north of Detroit. So I'm in Oxford, a little town. We got about 32,000 people here. Um, and it's a tight knit community and I love it here. I mean, everybody, a lot, we know a lot of people around here and I love it. I love when you know a ton of people because yeah. when, when, they, when something happens, the community comes together and we have that tight knit community here. So I love it. But I, I think, uh, I'm actually, um, I'm thinking about going to, uh, Atlanta, Georgia for, uh, the, uh, uh, John Maxwell conference, October 8th. Okay. It's a one day event at a church. And I was like, dude, if I could go there, I've heard them speak before, but man, that guy is the goat of motivational speaking. Yeah. So yeah, that's for sure. So, but yeah, so what I appreciate the time I'm going to, I'm going to let you go here and uh, we'll keep in contact and I'm going to, I'm going to share a couple little things with you. Um, I'll share that CD with you. Um, I'm also, I'll send you the link uh, for the podcast, uh, send you an email, a couple things, but let's keep in contact. Let's, let's touch base, but I'm going to be tagging you. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this 75 hard today together. Dude, so. I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to start, I'll start tomorrow. My, um, my, my sister has a place in Michigan. So we, we used to spend a lot of time up there. Where not, at? not on the, it was on the Eastern, uh, it was on the Western side of the state. So over by like an hour from, cause we're in Chicago. So everybody yeah. has a little cottage up in, uh, um up in michigan Louisiana. where was it at was it in traverse city area uh is she still there right now lake osterhout is what it was called okay that's um, probably so up by... she lives in chicago okay um, is, is it up in muskegon area uh it is just east of south haven oh okay awesome yeah we're actually we're going to luddington uh uh next weekend okay so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not too far from there. So, like, there's a triangle of Holland, South Haven, and Kalamazoo. I'm about an, I'm about an hour and 25 to an hour and 45 from there. Uh, what did you say you're in? Oxford, Michigan. Oxford, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, so we used to spend some time over there. Hey, do well, me a favor, too. Uh, send me your address uh, in Facebook, and I want to send you something. So Will do. All right, brother. Well, <laughs> hey, I appreciate your time, and thank you very much, man. It was uh, Dude, it was a pleasure to... My, Definitely a pleasure mine. to meet you. It's all mine. So, all right, man. We'll take yeah. it easy. All right, man. See ya. All right, bye.